0: And so we move into this second week of considering an important matter, uh, the membership covenant of this United Methodist Church. Not only this church, but all United Methodist churches. In fact, as we think about this question, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it with your prayers your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness, it would be important for us to remember that this is not a question that is put to a small group of people, but every person that is a part of the United Methodist Church, the entirety of the denomination, has had to assent to this covenant to uphold the church with prayers, with presence, with gifts, with service, with witness. And today, we specifically want to consider what it means to uphold the church with our presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. We will talk next week about our gifts, but this is about our being here. And you may be saying to me at this point in your mind, well, I am here. What have you got to do to preach to me about this? I am here. Preaching to the choir. We we gather in this place and remember that this is not a matter of simply showing up, although that's an important part of it, that you and I are called to be present, fully present in this place, and to remember that we do not do life alone. Occasionally, Someone will ask me, Can you be a Christian without going to church? And I'm conflicted on that because, on the one hand, I want to think and to respond and say, Why, yes, there is, it is conceivable that you can get the ethics, the morals right, and get perhaps the essence of what Jesus Christ was seeking to communicate. But, Two other thoughts come to my mind. Why would you want to do that, first off? And you're missing an important component, the component of Christian community upon which we so must lean in order to get the first parts right. You and I are gathered here as representatives of Christ to each other in this place. I am grateful that the church has moved beyond some of the systems of accounting that it has used in past years. Some of you will remember that we used to really be sticklers of keeping attendance at Sunday school. Do y'all remember that? Some of that in church, but not to the detail that we did in Sunday school. I can remember as a child being intimidated by the by the little pins that we would receive for having come to Sunday school every Sunday of the year. If you had perfect attendance, you would get a pen. Now, if you know, I was intimidated by that. I was a preacher's kid, and I was intimidated by it. Think about those persons who began to think this is the whole goal. And so they stretched their attendance roster until it was eight or nine inches hanging here, each bar for every year. This badge of glory. I don't know where that came from. I can tell you I'm sort of glad that those days have passed. (laughs) You and I might have encouraged each other, but I'm not sure that that kind of encouragement comes to the good In its final analysis, you and I are called to be present with each other, to be fully present together, and to be in the presence of God. It does concern me, however, that we enter, without knowing it, in a more casual culture of church attendance that we enter into a point of not being as attentive to the importance of our gathering with others. Now, this is not something that we've invented, but it's something that's been around for a long time that people seem to forget. Now, Lovett Weems, who is this professor at Wesley uh, Theological School, a Methodist, Uh, seminary up in Washington, D.C. He is the director of the Lewis Center for Church Leadership. He says that what has happened over the years, particularly in the last 50 to 60 years, that there has been a change in what active membership actually is. If you go up to anybody in the United States of America and ask them If they are active members of a church, 38% of them will say to you yes. Now, what their definition of active membership is varies according to the person that you're talking to. But he says that for the most part, 50 years ago, when you said you were an active member, you were here every Sunday, pretty much. And now, if you're here every other Sunday, that's active membership. Our presence in this place has a great effect not only on us, but on the church as a whole as we seek to be God's presence in the world. But it is not about the institutionalization of getting people to show up at the right time. I mean, I, I do celebrate those high attendance Sundays, I've had several people to ask me, how was it at Easter? And I have responded, it was full at Easter. It always is full at Easter. What is of great interest to me is what occurs after Easter and how connected are we to our purpose together in Christ in this place. Wesley was concerned about this as an Anglican priest, he traveled around to many congregations during that point in which he was still welcome to preach in Anglican pulpits. He preached to crowds there. In fact, he could gather more persons within those sanctuaries than he could just about anywhere else until he discovered his preaching on the streets and they showed up by the thousands. But his great interest was not in the numbers as much as it was the intimacy of these small groups, these classes and societies, where he wished that people would become accountable to each other. Here in this letter to the Hebrews, it's obvious that the writer has this lengthy theological reflection that is going on, but in it are these pearls of practical advice And this is one that we shouldn't miss. Two verses. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. You know that's why we show up, don't you? It's not just because we're going to get another bar on that little pin that is on our lapel. It's not another star that you get. Who is going to know at times? But what we are looking for is this way in which we can encourage each other to be more of Christ. Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and to good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Already at the early church, they were struggling with some people who were falling away from the fellowship, and it was taking its effect. But he is calling them to encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you know what that day is? For this writer, it is not the end of all time so much as it is the presence of Christ being there with the people, present with the people. Are you looking for Christ's presence? Do you get a sense in which Christ is present when we gather That there is this close sense. He has promised that wherever we are that he would show up. Christ is here with us this day. I know that this is a difficult thing to process in full. But it has to do with our sense of unity. You may feel that you come here as an individual. But you come to be a part of community. Community. We all come to be a part of community together. The psalmist put this in words of Psalm 133, how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. That is a good thing, isn't it? It's not always that way. In fact, Jesus Christ knew that he needed to be in prayer for his disciples, particularly about their connection with each other. John records it as a part of his prayer that he said, Lord, make them all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I like the words of Henry Nowen, who years ago said, It is in community that we learn who our neighbor is. Community is the true school of love. Have you ever been taught that by someone else in this congregation? I'm not talking about just in class, I'm talking about by some experience with someone here in this church or in another church, someone from whom you needed to learn a lesson. Being a part of church, being a part of the connected body of faith here has to do with our becoming vulnerable and accountable to each other. This is a place where you give permission for other people to call you out. Now, that happens with preachers all the time, right? That does. But you are to be in that same place to give people an opportunity to disagree with your ideas about the way it should be done mutual vulnerability this is what it means to be present to covenant to be present in this place I was visiting with Sue's father uh, just recently some of you know Alec Bullington, and he was telling me about a former congregation that he served. Let me put you at ease. It wasn't you. <laughs> but he was sharing. He said years ago, he said, things were so tense. We were at a point at which the culture was pushing beyond where the church itself evidently wanted to be, and it had to do with matters of race. And he said, this actually came to a vote in the administrative board meeting one evening, that we were trying to decide whether the doors of the church would truly be open or whether they would be closed. He said, fortunately, the vote went the right way and that those doors, it was voted, would be open to all peoples, all peoples. He said, after the meeting, a very upstanding man in the community came to him and he said, Alec, he said, I know you are celebrating your win tonight, but let me tell you that I'll be here long after you're gone. It's easy to move preachers away, isn't it? Those that you might not agree with. And already this man was beginning in his mind to think about how he might manipulate the system in order to make sure that that tenure was short enough. Alec said, though, to me, he said, the strangest thing happened just a couple of weeks after that. He said, I received a call from that same man. And he said to me, he said, well, Alec, I was wrong. And he said that his first reaction was that he was telling him that he had been on the wrong side of the argument. And then he realized that's not what he was talking about at all because he continued and said, I went to my doctor yesterday who told me that I have cancer all over my body. He said, you're going to last out here longer than me. But he said the, the beautiful thing here was that the man had come to him for that pastoral connection." and that even though they had been on opposite sides of an issue, there was a willingness on his part and certainly on Alex's part to be of the same mind in Christ, to be together and to live out what it means to be church. And so I ask you the question today, why do you attend? Do you ask yourself that question ever? Do you ever think to yourself, why is it that I actually do spend my time Connected with the church. Why am I a part of what is going on here? I asked myself that question. You know, I don't show up for the sermons. I already know what the guy's going to say. <laughs> I will have to admit to you, I do show up occasionally for the music. The music is just outstanding every week. It is just incredible. And it is such a blessing to me. Sometimes. The choir finishes singing, or Tina finishes playing, and and I think to myself, we don't need a sermon. Don't anybody say hello to, (laughs) amen to that. But it is just such a blessing to me. I will have to, to tell you that as well, I just, I look forward to being with you. I look forward to the connections that we have with each other for the shared community of God in this place. And I look forward to especially those times of being out with you in mission and getting our hands dirty and doing things in which we are blessing other people with those resources that God has given to us. I thank God for the spiritual and religious education. This framework that structures not only my life but the life of my family all of these things are for me critically important reasons for being present here with you and there's another thing and perhaps this is the greatest of all it's bigger than I am do you ever get a sense of that That all that's going on in this place was going on in this place before we were born. And it will go on long after we have died. That there is this beautiful continuity that we are given the opportunity to be a part of. And I don't want to miss that opportunity. You and I also have this calling not only to be present here, but to help others be present here. Be ceaseless in asking persons to join you in worship. The worst harm that can come from that is somebody saying to you, I'm not interested. Stop asking. What damage is that to you? Do the work of gathering people in to this place. I had a preschool teacher share with me that she was observing her class And it's interesting, sometimes, the politics of playgrounds. But in this instance, there were two little girls, dear friends of each other, who had just embraced there on the playground. They were hugging just to celebrate their close friendship. But another little girl was standing near them And she spoke to them and said, can I come into this hug? She said, I heard it with my own ears. And she said, I will forever remember it. Can I come into this hug? What do people think about the church? What are you thinking We live in a world where people hold up their phones and take pictures of themselves as if we're the most important thing in the world, right? We've even invented a word for it, selfies. But but this presence, this presence has to do with our connecting others to this community of faith. Will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? We cannot do this alone. It's not meant to be done alone. God bless us as his community here. Amen.